We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my very important and fabulous friend. I hope you are feeling acknowledged, adored, and supported. And I'm holding you in my heart right now as we spend these moments together. And may they nurture you and feed you on a soul level. So are you trusting and flowing with the energy of life? If not, today I hope to have this encouraging and enlightening conversation with my expert that can gently assist you in deepening in your sense of faith and trust and relax into a place of ease and inner freedom. Because the truest truth is life feels better when we know that freedom and peace are always available to us. We don't have to be in control to make things happen, and we don't need to manipulate in order to get our needs met. We can indeed relax, trust the process of life, and expand naturally, gracefully, and easily. I remember years ago when my spiritual teacher asked me to open my mind to the possibility that the universe loved me, supported me, and wanted me to relax and be happy. It was an incredibly far-fetched notion from my perspective at that time, and I balked. But I did open my mind to the possibility and to test the theory out for a bit because I was tired of being tired and so very tired of hurting. I'm so grateful I said yes to this invitation because it ushered me onto a path of transformation. And now my intention is to continue on this journey as I go deeper in my faith and expand in my consciousness and also introduce as many people as I can into stepping into this more peaceful, joyful, grateful, and gracious way of being. Here to elaborate on these principles and how we can all access healing, wholeness, transformation, and happiness is my expert author, healer, and the creator of the wellness brand, The Dragon Tree, Peter Borton. Peter's a doctor of Asian medicine who helps people attain whole health of body and mind. Peter has authored hundreds of articles spanning topics such as stress, emotional wellness, nutrition, fitness, and our connection with nature. Peter is also the author, along with his wife, Brianna, of The Well Life, The Rituals for a Living Dream Book, and their wonderful new book that we're going to talk about today, Rituals for Transformation, 108-Day Journey to Your Sacred Life. So, Peter, thank you so much for saying yes to this conversation today. I am happy to be here, Tammy. So, I am really enjoying and participating in your 108-day journal journey to your sacred life, Rituals for Transformation. Can you tell me why you wrote this? What inspired you um, to write this? And a little bit about how and what this is. Well, you know, for years we had been treating patients in our private practices and doing everything we could in a one-on-one capacity. And over the years, that expanded into doing broader uh, kind of educational or group offerings to try to reach more people. And we initially were responding to people's desire to get their goals met and have their life look a certain way, um, an abundant life with more of the kinds of specific things that they wanted. Uh, and, and, and we produced materials. We looked at how we were able to do that in our own lives and and translate that to teachings. Um, But there was this kind of nagging feeling all along 
that like, were we really doing people a service by reinforcing for them that their happiness might come from establishing a very specific set of circumstances in their lives, even while we saw people all along who had a perspective that allowed them to be peaceful and happy and grateful and so on, regardless of what was going on in their lives, regardless of whether they achieved their goals or not. And this book was really the first time that we really earnestly addressed the kind of inner transformation that produces that sort of internal balance and resilience and optimism that Mm -hmm. is more transformative, I think, than achieving specific goals. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, and what you're saying really resonates for me because, you know, I've written a couple of books, Manifesting Love, Manifesting Prosperity, and then I'm, you know, I want to write one about manifesting beauty and health. But really, when you go deep enough, what we're trying to do is, I think, align with our soul. And I think everything we want comes from that. And even if the details don't look the way we want, if our personality or ego doesn't get what it wants, if we're lined up with our soul, that's where true fulfillment and true happiness, the sustained um, joy comes from. Yeah. And I think that naturally manifests in your life as the kinds of um, surroundings and and Mm -hmm. qualities that you find enjoyable. Um, And I think there's there's nothing wrong, as I said, with uh, with wanting to have good things and good experiences in your life. It's part of reveling in this total gift that life is. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. And that was one of my questions. I think we're segueing nicely, or perhaps we've already answered it. How would you describe your sacred life? Hmm. Well, I think it's sacred, regardless of whether you recognize it or not. But it really is the recognition that makes all the difference. It's the recognition that gives you freedom. And uh, most people are um, are in some way controlled by their circumstances and their body um, because they believe that it's happening to them rather than mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. that recognition of seeing that you are the source experiencing itself as this person uh, is it, it liberates you to, to just be in awe of it all and, and watch it happen and just engage in um, gentle steering of your boat Mm -hmm. down the river of life, uh, which is a very different thing than the way most of us try to kind of, you know, back paddle against the current. I love so much of what you just said. Your source experienced itself as human for a while. And the gentle yeah. paddling and the gentle steering mm-hmm. as we move with the, the flow and river of life is really, really beautiful um, sentiments. I'm going to have to sit with those for a little bit after we get off. This. I'm going to meditate uh-huh. on that. So beautiful. I love the way you express Thanks. this. Um, so I really, really appreciate what you did with your book. Um, and you, you address a lot of different things, the, the relationship with our body, um, digging into some different things with that in regards to 
judgment or unkindness with our physical selves. You also address um, the emotional realm, the mental realm, the spiritual realm. Can you tell me a little bit about your um, thoughts and ideas and why you did this the way you did this? Yeah, so again, um, well, when I talk about this work with people, more and more I've begun to to frame it as um, an expansion of your consciousness that we're, is what we're aiming for, mm-hmm. where um, you see yourself as more than just the one particular facet that is experiencing the most drama or conflict, which is what tends to happen with us. Um, so the process is to help people step-by-step to kind of free themselves from the various different snarls that occur in our mind and emotional body and physical body, especially um, that kind of limit our sense of who and what we are. So if we um, think of ourselves as a body a lot of the time, and, and I don't necessarily mean literally, but you know, we look in the mirror and all day long, it's, oh, is my body looking the way that I want it to? Or is my body performing the way that I want it to? Or does it have as much energy as I want it to have? Um, then it, it starts to become the bulk of our identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we are able to, to free ourselves from identifying with our body, we can start to experience that we're more than that. And, um, when we start to free ourselves from the, the idea that we are our thoughts and our personality, um, as well, we, we begin to enter a completely new sort of transcendent realm of experience where it's okay. If I'm not my mind and I'm not my personality and I'm not my body, uh, and, and really what I mean is if I'm not only these things, then what am I really and what's possible for me? And again, there's a sense of great freedom that comes from that, that if I'm something that's more than just this body and this mind and this personality, perhaps something that can't die, that's invulnerable, uh, that doesn't get pissed off by whatever's happening in the world, um, <laughs> you know, then, then maybe I don't need to be controlled by all these circumstances. Ah, yes. Maybe you can relax and enjoy the journey a bit more. Mm-hmm. What you're saying really boils down to my very favorite quote ever, maybe ever, um, Pierre, Pierre Dale Tate Chardin. I'm saying that all wrong. Um, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We're not human beings, you know, maybe trying to reach for a spiritual experience. We the truest truth is that we are spiritual beings yeah. and, and we are um, source experience ourselves as human for a while. And if we can really get to that place in our minds and hearts, if we can start to reside in that um, altitude, wow, everything changes. It really does. Mm. Yes. Life makes a lot more sense. And, and it reminds me, um, I like to say, go for God and all things will be added unto thee. If we maintain that uh, relationship and awareness of our higher self and us being an aspect of source and that we all are, life sure does seem to make more sense and it sure seems to unfold with more um, grace and ease and clarity. I totally agree. (laughs) Yeah. um, One of the 
many different philosophical frameworks that I was coming from um, when I was uh, working on this book with Brianna uh, is uh, some what are called non-dual tantric philosophies. Mm. And the tantras are a series of texts that, in case your listeners don't know, hugely influenced the development of Hinduism and Buddhism, especially Tibetan Buddhism. And um, there's a, a, a passage in one of these texts about what's called the five acts of God. And it, it essentially stresses that we become something as a sheer act of play, not like a game where there's a, a, a competition or a specific outcome, but play in the sense that it's done for the pure enjoyment of it. And the five acts are, the first is emission or expression where God in sort of an unmanifest form decides to become something, whether a person or a flower or whatever. And then the second is to hold that, to sustain that for some period of time. And then the third is to retract or reabsorb back into itself. So we think of that as death, but really it's in, in this context, it's sort of like God expresses itself as say a flower. It holds that for some time and then it pulls back it withdraws, like pulling a hand out of a glove back into itself. And then the two others, and these are kind of curious, the first one is um, uh, hiding or, or uh, occluding, um, and the fifth one is revealing. And, and that took me a second to, or more than a second, to sort of wrap my head around. But the idea there is um, sort of as, as that quote was, was alluding to, this idea that that the, the totality um, has to, uh, in order to really have an immersive experience as something, um, it can't know that it is just the, the, whole, the everything be, pretending to be just a flower. That is, it has to forget that it's everything. You have to forget that you are mm. the source in order to really experience all the drama and everything of being a human and have a totally immersive mm -hmm. experience in that, like you would if you were in like a 3D movie or something. But eventually there's that revelation part where you remember and it's like, ah, oh. <laughs> so. Ah, uh, the awakening. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. I've not heard that before, but I have felt like there's this ocean of God and we bubble up and we put on a skin suit for a while or a squirrel outfit or a flower, <laughs> a flower <laughs> exactly. uniform for a while. And then we, we go back down into that ocean of oneness. We bubble up, we put this on and we go back down, we bubble up, we maybe put something else on for a while. And while we're in this human outfit or the squirrel suit or whatever, we feel, I don't know, maybe the squirrel does still feel connected to God, but we do have the sense of wanting to stay in this uniform and outfit because we have that sense of being different or separate. We hang on to that identity. It's like we're hardwired for that so that we're really immersed in this experience. As yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's a very different thing to step out onto a stage in, you know, a costume and know all along, I'm not really this character um, than it would be if, you know, you had amnesia and you woke up in that costume and you thought, oh my goodness, apparently I'm a villain and I'm going to just play this out. <laughs> That's a really great way of putting it. And I, I do believe that, that we are, we cast our whole lives. You know, we, we are casting the people in it. We are the director. We are the producer. We are all aspects of it. So we can fight with that other person, but it's really, we cast it. And it's like 
trying to beat up a dream or something. And if we know, if we have that awareness, if we awaken into this, if we die before we die, it can sure make the human experience, I think, more um, joyful and less scary. And um, we can go with the flow a lot easier. Absolutely. And I think we don't need to relinquish whatever, um, you know, particular manifestation we happen to be expressing in this life. If we're a mother or a doctor or whatever, we don't have to say, well, I'm not that. Um, I think you can, you can play those parts all the more freely and, and with all the more juice or whatever, knowing that this is what I'm doing right now. And I'm even more than this. Mm, I love the way you're stating that. And I completely agree. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, so Dr. Borton, you have, um, there's something here that I find really fascinating as I was reading through some of your material. Um, what healing results can we maybe look for, or I don't know if we can expect, but that may possibly happen as we awaken into higher consciousness? What internal and external experiences may we um, encounter or possibly have? Well, I think one of the best experiences is a, a basically a feeling of trust. Mm. And mm-hmm. oh, I mean, I think it's, you know, some years ago, I was friends with some people who were really uh, intensely Christian. And um, at the time, initially, I thought, wow, you're really really enrolled in that in a way that, that felt to me <laughs> a little bit over the top. And I, I just couldn't relate, but I watched during difficult times how they had total trust and they, they just felt like, well, God's going to take care of me. I mean, this is all for my highest good. And as I saw that, my judgments about their faith fell away. And I, and I thought, I mean, I want that. I want that sense of trust. Um, and I don't think that I could have enrolled myself to be a born-again Christian. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I just, I, I'm not wired that way. But right. I wanted that sense of trust and the ease that comes with it. And um, especially during uncertain times. Um, and I, I think that that translates into all sorts of other kinds of transformations. I think that um, when you trust, you you begin to uh, find ways to shape your life that integrates more of your gifts and lets you live your purpose. And you you don't um, you don't balk at opportunities to more completely embody that or do what your soul is prompting you to do. Um, because you can you can feel that this is what your soul came here to do, and and there must be something of value in that, and and there must be a way that you're going to be taken care of because of that, which I think is is probably the thing that we fear the most if we take steps to to follow our soul's prompting is that oh what if you know the bottom falls out I can't pay my mortgage or whatever, um, and I think that when people embody this and when they uh, begin to trust and they experience more peace inevitably there are improvements in physical health. And I, I actually think that even in, in terms of uh, objective life circumstances, 
we're more likely to be able to recognize opportunities to have the kind of life that we want um, because we're just going with the flow. We're, we're less resistant. We, we're able to just sort of move with the prevailing trajectories of the flow of life, and, and um, it just becomes easier. We see things that are good for us, and we, and we take them. Yeah, what you're saying really um, resonates. This truth for me. It's like we, um, when we can trust that we're loved, we relinquish our resistance, and then we can flow. And to me, as I've done this in my life, it certainly feels like I'm more in a collaborative relationship with that something greater. It's like there's constant communication and joy, God winks, laughter. It's like it's it's a divine, like cosmic um, dance and love affair. It's like a really incredible relationship and I'm I'm grateful I took that leap of faith and um, decided to open my heart to the possibility that it existed because if we don't if we don't try we're definitely not going to have this experience so um, I just really love the way you articulate and communicate you have such an eloquent way of um, speaking and and your you. book, Rituals for Transformation, I think is a really powerful way for people to start tapping into their own, I think, deep beauty and um, knowing inner wisdom and faith. So, um, Peter, can you share with our listeners um, where they can pick up a copy of this or, or um, get more of you if, if what you're saying is resonating for them? Yeah, there's a website just for the book itself called Ritualsfortransformation.com, um, or if they want to learn more about us and all the work we do, uh, and they can get the book on there too. Our our main website is thedragontree.com. Perfect. So um, we just have a few minutes left here, and and I'm really interested in your perspective in regards to why journaling and writing is so powerful? Well, there are so many reasons, and uh, uh, I'll try to kind of bottom line it. Um, so from, a, from the perspective of being an acupuncturist, um, the, there are meridians associated with each of the organs, and the heart is really, I think, the portal where consciousness, awareness enters this body and enlivens it. And the heart meridian runs down, runs from the heart basically down the arm, and it has three accessory organs that work with it to do its work through this being. And all four of those meridians together out of the six that run along the arms, they, those four, which are all related to the fire element, all run down the arm. And there's something about the use of the hands, like when we gesticulate, when we're talking, they're, they're instruments of communication. And the way we hold a pen and put it to paper and the particular way that it comes out in the shapes of our letters and something, it's a really special thing. Um, and it's sadly something that we're kind of losing as we forget how to write when we just use our phones and our computers all the time. But putting something down on paper and making it visible and making it concrete like that, it enables us to process what's coming up for us. It enables to, us to get more clear. It's almost as if when we're writing it down, it becomes more real for us. And it's like we're teaching ourselves something. I think we can't help but think maybe somebody will read this someday, even if we really think it's just for us. 
And in doing so, uh, and in doing the writing with the idea that somebody might see this, I think we push ourselves to get more clear about what's really happening. We push ourselves to heal in the process. Mm, I've not heard it um, articulated quite like that. You're inspiring me to keep going. (laughs) Good. Because I haven't enjoyed journaling all that much, to be honest with you. But um, when I just look at the blank pages, I can write. I can write a book. That's that's okay. But just to journal for the sake of journaling, I've never really um, felt like I've gotten that much value from it. But with the promptings in your book and the support, it um, it's taken on new life for me. Oh, good. Yeah. And, and I, you I know, feel- there are also a lot of studies that show some real concrete results from journaling in terms of people being happier and better able to actualize their goals and things like that. Didn't know that either. So yes, you've, you've um, made this make a lot of sense to my conscious mind and I'm going to continue the adventure because I do know I want to deepen in my ability to experience a sacred life and to continue to transform and I just so appreciate your heart work. I think that uh, you and your wife, Brianna, I've had her on the show before, are just such an exquisite couple. And you're doing such amazing work and really bringing a lot of soul and heart and love onto this planet. And we sure do need it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, we're lucky to have found each other and we work well together. And uh, we both are super grateful to feel like our work has become more and more aligned with just the kinds of virtues that you mentioned. So thank you for having me and for being a a forum yourself to get these kinds of teachings out to the world. Oh, I, I appreciate that. It is my joy and it is my love. And my listeners, you are my joy and my love. I would love to hear from you. I appreciate your presence in my life. Let's connect on Facebook, Instagram, come to my website, download my free ebook and guided meditation. To me, the most um, valuable and fulfilling aspect of life is relationship. And I do want to be in relationship with you. So God bless you. You're my heart. Meditation and prayers onward and upward. Take care of yourself. Bye for now.